0: No purchase necessary for we prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details Let's talk about this tweet from Jack Pasobic This guy Jack Pasobic antifabook.com he's got guy? he's got some nerve He said he's this should be Ill- this should be illegal in all 50 states and punishable by federal prison time What was he referring to? It's a Twitter thread where cultural husbandry uh, notes BlackRock is buying every single family house they can find, paying 20 to 50% above asking price, and outbidding normal home buyers. Why are corporations, pension funds, and property investments group groups buying entire neighborhoods? Well, he goes on to say it's basically the Great Reset. The middle class uses home ownership, land ownership, to transfer wealth to their children. But what happens when during a great reset or or, I'm sorry, during a pandemic, there is a great reset, as it were, of people's jobs, of businesses. Everybody gets knocked out of the playing field, sort of levels a lot of people out Their Businesses are closed. Family businesses. These are some of the most horrifying stories. Companies that have been around for like 100 years gone overnight. Now these people are going to become renters. Many moved. They want to buy houses. It's not that hard to buy a house. People think it is. But all of a sudden, you find this house, you're on Zillow.com and you're flicking and you're like, man, this is so cool, look at this house. And then you call the agent and he says, oof, just sold for 50K above asking. You're like, how am I supposed to compete with that as a regular person? How are millennials supposed to build wealth when these companies are coming in and buying up all this property?
1: Hey everybody, it's your host, Isaac Weishaupt. Host of conspiracy theories and unpopular culture, Today we're going to talk about The Great Reset. The Great Reset comes back. And uh, this is going to be a long series, I think. This is the sixth episode. Discussing it. Now let's go back in time. Let's go back to uh, 2020. You remember this year? It was 2020. And uh, things were getting a little crazy. People started talking in the truther community, started talking about this guy, Santa Claus. And I uh, was like, wow, these truthers, they're really into the, the geopolitics with this Santa Claus guy. And then I read the books. I read, I read Klaus Schwab's, I read his books. And for Christmas last December, December, 2020, I gave you the first show. About the Great Reset. The Santa Claus Book Club and Illuminati Globalist Agenda. And we talked about Mr. Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. And this thing called the Great Reset. And how they were preparing the masses for the new normal. And the the theory being presented, which again, I don't know if it's true or not. I guess time will tell and as time goes by I start to believe it more and more. But you know I'm a hard sell with conspiracy stuff. A little more skeptical than most on the on the scale on the spectrum which I know that pisses a lot of you off but hey, you know what? I'm just a guy, I'm just a guy trying to figure it out. But the Great Reset part 1 we talked about Santa Claus Schwab. Then I made some bonus episodes cuz I didn't I didn't know uh Everyone was so interested in this. I made a a part two talking about Alistair Crowley's Age of Magic and transhumanism and Klaus Schwab's Fourth Industrial Revolution. And that only went up on my Patreon and Rockfin and VIP section for the supporters. And this whole time I thought, well, I think like maybe the diehards are going to be the ones interested in the Great Reset series. That's why I kind of made them a bonus thing. Then I made a third bonus where uh, we talked about the World Economic Forum's eight points, the communist agenda. We looked at uh, a friend of the show, Jay Dyer. Shout out, Jay Dyer. He's uh he's Mister uh, Mister Infowars now. Look at him holding it down over there. We talked about Jay Dyer's discussion about the Great Reset. Because again, I come from the skeptical perspective. I say, look, truthers, kind of like flatter. Look, you're gonna tell me the Earth's flat. You better you better come with the heat. And uh, after reading the books and listening to all these truthers, I thought, my God, I think this is real. Then I made a part four, talking about Bill Cooper's Behold a Pale Horse, something that was near and dear to my heart. About how it predicted the future. How did Bill Cooper know? How did he know? Because he knows it all. He knew about USOs, the submergible UFOs, long before the Pentagon confirmed the USO videos. And much to my surprise, because I, I put the part number four on the free feed, because to recap, part one was on the free feed, then two and three I thought this is probably just for the hardcores, let's put it on the bonus feeds, supporter only feeds, and I put part four back on the free feed because I said, well, you know, everyone likes Bill Cooper, and it blew up. Everyone was listening to. It. I said, holy crap, people are really into this. So I made a part five because I read this book called Generations back from nineteen ninety one. And I released this, uh, to keep it on the timeline, I released that episode in February of 2021. And uh, this generation book from 1991 predicted the future. Again, how did everyone predict the future? How did they know? And we talked about the Q thing and how it fit into the fourth turning, the concept the, the occultist folks were into. And so here we are with part six. Uh, because again, part five blew up too. Everyone was listening to it. Like I look at the numbers. I see what you guys like and dislike. And uh you guys are really into the great reset. They really wet your whistle. And I'm here to wet your whistle. <laughs> That's so the part six. I say all that to say this. Part six, we're talking about housing market manipulation. If you didn't have a house, if you're looking to buy a house right now. I feel very sorry for you. Uh, it's a nightmare from what I've heard and read. Uh, you know, and like, I live in Utah. I talked to some people in Utah that have been struggling to find a house. And uh, it's unreal. It's unreal. One of my friends is a first-time homebuyer. And uh, to hear the struggles that he went through, I thought, man, I would have followed this up a long time ago. But there's no, there's no great solution because the price of renting has gone through the roof, too. What's going on? Some people say it's the lumber. I'm going to end today's show. We're going to go through several articles like because I am no expert on housing or the economy. I've never taken an economics class. Uh, I've never been a realtor. So there's that. Right. What do I know? So I'm going to point you to official sources mostly for this. Uh, And shout out. I got to shout out uh, Joe Nips, my man. I did, so I got like this tier four thing, right? And tier four, it's uh, you get full access to me. And you can either come on the show and talk your conspiracy to the crowd. Or you can do like my man Joe did. We just had a phone call. Talked for like 30 minutes. Just kicked it. And my man, he's very intelligent. He, he was schooling me. He schooled me on uh, Quantum of Solace. James Bond movie. I got a 007 tattoo and I didn't even put this together. And I've seen Quantum of Solace. I actually like the Daniel Craig Bond movies. I know there was like a Spectre subplot line. But this was all like, you know, my my red pill was still going down when I saw Quantum of Solace. So it went over my head. But like it was all about, all about controlling the natural resources to control the masses and this there's like an infamous quote from oh dear i'm going to look it up i know it's henry kissinger and i'm going to find you that quote and i'm going to read it okay here we go who controls the food supply controls the people who controls the energy can control whole continents who controls money can control the world And in Quantum of Solace, it's all about controlling the natural resources. And, like, what have they been working on? They, you know, they, the Illuminati or whoever. In America, they, you know, GMOs run rampant, high fructose corn syrup. The food's poison. It's like, if you're not above middle class, you can't afford to buy what used to be just regular food. They call it organic but, like, you can't afford to buy the non-genetically modified food. That's by design. Why is it cheaper to buy a uh, cheeseburger from McDonald's than, you know, I don't know, a banana. <laughs> a banana. No, that's a bad example. Bananas are very cheap. An apple. There you go. An apple. Those high-priced apples. Ugh. And in um, that, and, and that statement, who controls money can control the world. Like, we're not going to get into it, but, like, cryptocurrencies, Right? That's the big thing now. We already talked about that. Uh, But Joe, he also talked about Chinatown. Which, ironically, and I don't know if this is like some synchronicity thing, I had just been watching it. I was like three quarters through the film when I talked to Joe. Because it takes me a long time to... It takes me a long time to uh, get through a movie sometimes. Uh, And Chinatown, you know, because I liked Polanski's rosemary's baby obviously i liked the tenant i mean obviously the guy's a creep right like i don't let me put a statement out there i don't condone his actions you know but like he makes a hell of a movie uh <laughs> rosemary's baby and the tenant and i thought what are these other classic polanski movies i need to watch and i watched chinatown and it was it was really good it was very dry no pun intended because it's about water it's about manipulating the water Again, they're messing with the natural resources. But the, uh, anyways, yeah. So like a couple movies there to reference, like what's going on with the gray reset. Basically, the elites are manipulating everything to to destroy the middle class. So why? Well, it's because they want you reliant upon them, so that they can really you know take advantage of you. Uh, In fact, there's we talked about controlling the food there's there was actually i got some notes here there was actually food shortages going on in america right i do you heard about all this chick-fil-a ran out of sauce oh my god what are the white people gonna do <laughs> yo i'm team popeyes i am white i like me a chicken sandwich but i'm team popeyes all day not that anything's wrong with chick-fil-a i like chick-fil-a too but I'm team Popeye's, even though they mess my order up 50% of the time, it's fine. The, uh, yes, food shortages, climate change. Okay. Uh, now when I did the great reset series and I read Klaus Schwab's books and I told you exactly what were in the book. So you didn't have to read it. There's two books we read. One was the, the vid 19, the great reset. Then we had before that, the fourth industrial revolution. And in Fourth Industrial Revolution, let's read what they say here. It says, Climate change is, in fact, already disrupting national economies and affecting lives with high costs for people, communities, and systems, including costs associated with uncertainty and volatility. With many regions still industrializing and the world's population set to increase by 1 billion people over the next 15 years, climate-related disruptions are expected to soar, including... Here we go. Here's the. Listen up. Geopolitical instability, mass migration, interrupted food production, and increased security threats. So he's trying to say, like, hey, there's gonna be these issues. We're gonna, you know, blame it on climate change. True or false? I don't know. Uh, the The jury's out for some truthers on the climate change. I'm not smart enough to, to give you the answer. I keep saying I'm going to look into it. Because uh, you asked me that two years ago. I would have said, yeah, climate change is a thing. It's like 99% of climate change scientists that say it's totally true. But I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't know what to believe anymore. So uh, I'm not hard pressed. I mean, I still like am like, yeah, I think climate change is a thing. Man-made climate change, carbon dioxide, all that stuff. But like, for me to defend that... I got to go deeper. So, uh, one of these days, I'll get into it. Because that's where we're going. I know if you saw the Tomorrow War. That was kind of the idea behind it. Is that climate change is going to uh, manifest aliens. And then we all die. So, there you go. In the Fourth Industrial Revolution, to stay on the food topic for just a couple seconds here. They talked about the Internet of Things, right? That's the 5G is going to bring about the Internet of Things. And they talk about how fast food restaurants will have less than half of the staff they had 10 years ago. And you see all these fast food restaurants, they're, they're hiring like, like mad right now. So how does that fit in? I don't know. It seems odd to me. Uh, it says here, to feed the world in the next 50 years, we will need to produce as much food as was produced in the last 10,000 years. Isn't that something? Uh, they talk about let's see. I mean, blah 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 blah. You don't you don't care about all this. I uh, talked about crop management, variety schemes, blah, blah. meeting global demands for food quality, quantity, and functionality. Such global food security will only be achieved if regulations on GMOs are adapted to reflect the reality that gene editing offers a precise, efficient, and safe method of improving crops. Is it true? I don't think so, but like sometimes, sometimes like truthers, we we are splitting hairs sometimes, right? Uh, so like maybe it's an overreaction. I don't think so. I I would argue our our hormones are all out of whack because the environment we live in. You, you give your body foreign. Foods and things that it doesn't know how to process and handle, it increases inflammation, and you hold on to fat, and you get more tired, and you know I don't know. Now, one of these ideas of you know eating less meat or flying less—that they they've been talking about this for a couple of years now. You'll you'll see this often. Uh, it's the the claim is that it's not just to protect the environment but to support this concept they call degrowth. And that's part of the Great Reset too, is this idea that the the GDP, the national product there, should be flat or even negative. And it's a, a sort of firing shots across the bow of capitalism. Because in capitalism, the GDP has to keep increasing, always growing at all costs. And the argument is that in the future, when everyone's on board with climate change and taking care of one another, that we will embrace this idea that unchecked capitalism comes at a cost that it's not worth paying. So that's that. Now let's talk about housing. That's what we're here for. And shout out uh, Elizabeth on the Patreon. She sent me some great articles that blew my mind. Blew my mind. Old uh President Biden there apparently it was increasing the tariffs on lumber uh, and there was also a, an article on a on a new book called The Great Reset Another great reset book and in that it's talking about how owning a home isn't all that great. It's not that great. Then I watched uh, John Oliver on HBO. And he claimed that the housing market's on fire because there's foreign investors from, from China, mostly, that are buying properties in America. And they are blowing the market up as well, making it unaffordable for most people. Why are they doing it? And uh, during preparation for this show, uh, those conspiracy guys, shout out Gordo, On his Twitter, he had a great link or like a thread, you know, a a Twitter thread. Talking about Bill Gates buying up all the farmland property. Because, again, there's that idea. You control the food. You control the people. The Great Reset, they talk about we need to embrace GMOs. Because that's like these technocrats. That's their fantasy is like science will fix everything. We will tweak the the human body to fit our vision. That's what they want to do. But more importantly, on the thread, there's talk about this thing called BlackRock. We're going to get into these things. Uh, let's, talk about, let's talk about Bill Gates first. Uh, there's an NBC News article, and the title tells you everything you need to know. It says, McDonald's french fries, carrots, onions, all of the foods that come from Bill Gates' farmland. Gates does not appear to count his farming investments as the nation's largest farmland owner as part of his broader strategy to save the climate saving the climate uh says here though the Gateses are major owners of american farmland the couple's holdings only represent a fraction of the 283 million acres of farmland that is owned and rented out by non-farmers but that could change About 40% of farmland is owned by seniors 65 or older, meaning more farmland is expected to come on the market soon. So originally, the conspiracy is that Bill Gates bought up all the farmland, but they're saying it's not all of it. Obviously, it's not. Uh, They're saying old people own most of the farmland, and they're going to retire soon, and they're probably going to sell it. And it says that could spell an opportunity for young farmers hoping to get their start But for savvy investors, scrambling for more places to put their money, it also represents an opportunity. Financial giants like Prudential and Hancock have divisions looking to make money on farmland portfolios. The trend worries young farmers who cannot compete with the likes of Bill Gates when buying land. If you're looking at what this means for farmers on the ground looking to access land, there's significant competition from non-farmers. And that really affects young farmers because it means that the price that they're trying to compete with on the marketplace is driven and determined by people who are not dependent on a farming income. So much like BlackRock, where you got foreign investors with boatloads of cash. In America here, we've got nerds with boatloads of cash and they're driving up the price because it's like they got all this money. It's so much money they can't spend it. They're like, where can I park my money and make more money? I know I'll buy all the farmland and then I'll rent it out. Man, F Bill Gates, right? Do we all agree we hate Bill Gates? I mean, and don't take that as a hate speech. I I take that back. I don't hate Bill Gates. I dislike a lot of the things Bill Gates says and does. Don't trust him. Uh, And then there's a Wall Street Journal article. If you sell a house these days, the buyer might be a pension fund. Listen to this. From individuals with smartphones and a few thousand dollars to pensions with private equity firms with billions, yield-chasing investors are snapping up single-family houses to rent out or flip. They are competing for houses with ordinary Americans who are armed with the cheapest mortgage financing ever, driving up home prices. So that's another reason they say the prices are so high is because Borrowing money has never been cheaper. And the rich folks know this. They want to get that low interest rate money, buy a house, rent it out, and make money off the property and off of the the rental. And I'm very anti that. I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. That's what he says to do. Uh, I'm very anti doing that in a sense. I don't like it when the neighborhood starts going downhill because you've got... You know, the, the person that owns the house don't care because they're not there. They're just, it's just a check to them. The person renting the house, they don't care. It's not their house. So what does that leave you with? A trashy-ass yard and a trashy-ass neighbor. In general. Not always the case, clearly. I just know from personal experience that's what happened to me. Living next to drug dealers. Nice people, but... Uh, lots of riff riffraff hanging out. Okay. No, <laughs> oh. uh, let's see here. Uh, you now have permanent capital competing with a young couple trying to buy a house, said J- John Burns. Uh, that's going to make us housing permanently more expensive. So here you go. I'm going through article after article talking about nerds, rich people, hedge funds, rich nerds. That's say nerd yet. <laughs> Uh, foreign rich nerds making the price of housing go through the roof. And now normal people, middle-class people can't afford it. Now we don't talk about this because we're just trying to get upset. We're talking about this because this might be engineered. This might be architected to be this way because the great reset, they want to limit your choices. They want to limit your uh, mobility and housing is one of the easiest slash best ways for someone to move up in class from like lower class to middle class. There's a big deal in owning a house. That's why uh, they had to pass the Housing Act of 1968. I'm going off the dome with that. I could be wrong because like people weren't giving loans to black Americans because they were racist dicks. I know everyone wants to go back to the 50s with dicks were great. Yeah, great for like white people. But like in 68, like they had to, they had to pass a law cause they were like, people weren't, cause like, this is what gives people uh, an advantage here and it sucks. I've been there. Right. Me and Mrs. Weissop, we bought our first house. I couldn't afford the damn mortgage, but within a few years after life stops kicking you in the butt for things breaking down and the roof falling apart, you start catching up and now your mortgage is less than rent. And you've got the 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 pride of owning a home, and this thing is a, always going to keep going up in value. You just got to get that's my advice to you. If you're looking to buy a house, buy a house knowing that for about five years you're going to have to eat eat crap because that's my experience owning uh, buying two houses. The first house bought in two thousand eight, uh, right when everything crashed, lost our butts ended up selling it five years later for the same price we bought it for after we had sunk $30,000 into fixing the house up over those five years. But it was fine. I had to get out of there. Like I said, people were renting houses out all over our neighborhood to drug dealers and all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, we did what we had to do. And we bought a second house and like, again, you know, you get hammered those first few years. You're just like, dude, why am I doing this? I'd rather rent. But then but then you catch up. You got to give it five years. That's my experience. Uh, five years. Then you're there. Then you made it. If you're like me, you're a sucker for mysteries, true crime. And once you put me back into a period piece with those old flapper 1920s era time frame, you got me. I'm all yours. So let me tell you about this game called June's Journey. We're going to escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance as you immerse yourself into the world of June's Journey, a hidden object mystery mobile game that puts your detective skills to the test. Play as June Parker and investigate beautifully detailed scenes of the 1920s while uncovering the mystery of her sister's murder. With hundreds of mind-teasing puzzles, the next clue is always within reach. Now, one thing I like is that it sharpens your vision to look for objects. In case I, I ever make it on uh, one of these reality contest shows, I got to harness my puzzle, my puzzle skills and my visual acuity. And, and I, I learned what a pavilion, <laughs> when I was playing the game, I learned what a pavilion was. It, it's basically a gazebo. I didn't know that. So I'm learning. All right. In each level, you search for hidden objects in New York parlors or, or uh, Paris sidewalks trying to figure out this scandalous family secret of how June's sister died. It's got some mystery. It's got some danger. It's got some romance. I got the game on my phone right now, and I'm on Chapter 3, and I'm looking for clues on this crime scene photo because we're going we're gonna to figure out who did this. And you're going to love it. They play real, like, mad chill music, so it's kind of relaxing, too. You get to customize your little luxurious estate with gardens and buildings and such. So look, if you're into detective work, solving clues, finding clues, scandalous family secrets, uh, you just want a fun little escape from the dreaded day job or whatever, this is your game. I enjoy playing it at the end of the day when I'm chilling in bed trying to unwind because it's just a nice little escape kind of game for me. And not only that, poor June, she needs my help to figure out how her sister died. And guess what? June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS
0: ChumbaCasino.com.
1: Jumba. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18
0: plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: All right, everybody, once a month we do a thing called the shout outs. Because as you know, this show gets blocked at many, many obstacles that the control system doesn't like. And uh, that's a long, long story short. And I've got support systems. And a couple of those support systems are Patreon and the IlluminatiWatch.com VIP section. And those places are where you can sign up for tier two, three, or four. And if you're on one of those tiers once a month, I formally recognize you. Uh, That's the least I could do in return. So uh, without further ado, I want to go down the roster. These wokesters holding it down. The OG Granola wokesters holding it down. Let's start off with the Patreon team. And I don't say the last names for uh, anonymity purposes, generally. (laughs) Sometimes I do. Why? I don't know. Let's just go. Uh, Brandon G. D. Holly A. Todd. Samuel S. Antonio. Genevieve. Beck B. Jessica D. Marisa A. Aubrey T. Vary. Jiggy Mama. Stephanie G. Jamsie in the house. Amy M. Eddie R. Tarrant. Tyler H. Kirby G. Liz H. Rusty Shacklesford. Is that the Rusty Shacklesford uh, steering the drone helicopter over Epstein Island? I don't know. Maybe. Premier 65. Christy W. Vermont Hip Hop Collective. B. Charles. Daniel G. Zach R. Russell D. Chris G. Tanya O. Marsha W, Jacob R, Alan C, Sam I M, Phil Goodrichart, Brooke, Suze W, Sort of T Sorcha T. See I almost said the last name. Sometimes I say it, I don't know why. It just happens. Betty, Thomas P, Mariah, Frankie L Roxy Roxy, Brian, Ashton, Ally W, Renee G, C C Spry Ute, Joe Nipps in the house. Joe, Joe Nips was tier four. And we had a nice long conversation. That's what he wanted to do. And uh, it was a good time. Spoke for a half hour. And uh, I really enjoyed it. So shout out Joe Nips. Um, let's see who else we got on the team. Brandon Lord. I got the last name permission from Brandon. so and, and that offer applies. If you want the last name read out loud. You can go ahead and message me on the Patreon system there. Aaron E. Brian B. Yak. M Gibb, Darcy D, L Mac, Tony G, Prophet 7, Denali G, Jade, Pragmatic Chick, Robert Z, William B, Alexandria H Skinny Fresh in the House, JT, Katie G Dave W, Sarah B, Brandon C, Jennifer, Barry W, Crystal D, Taylor, Kara john p wally g joshua v cheryl and big fezzy holding it down Those last those last five those are the uh, those are the current tier four folks right and uh we had tier three that's the alkaline og granola wokesters so there's a big uh big top tier supporters there thank you everyone appreciate you uh let's head over to the illuminati watcher vip section we got Leslie B. We got Jamsy again. There's a couple people that hold it down on a couple a couple support systems. Thank you. Again, you don't have to do that for me. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I try to I, I want to make sure you get what you need for your level of support. So like, you know, I appreciate people that are on multiple platforms because there's a few of you that do it. So, you know, my hat's off to you, thank you. Cosmic Blues twenty seven. Who's much better than the cosmic blues twenty six? Winston S. Papa Dom. Joshua T. Matthew K. Alan R. Felix S. Kristen Hunter. Timothy S. Trina O. Crystal M. Marisa over here too, holding out double dipper. Joe F. Blake B. JPO, in the house. Salvador S. Rachel S over on the tier three alkaline og granola woksters uh cheryl holding it down uh jason s brandon c rosa linda and darren uh you guys are too much i don't, I don't know you know i can't express my gratitude enough thank you so much uh your support keeps this show alive uh, and i mean that in every sense of the word i get blocked and censored all the time uh there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that you don't know of potential paths of breaking through to uh sort of more mainstream audiences and I gotta leave it vague I'm very sorry but uh they, they're getting rejected because the content is too controversial I'll just say that and uh, just know that there's more than one example of uh, periods in in my uh career here where it seemed like the doors were opening up and I thought oh my gosh here we go we're about to go big time with this, and the powers that be shut it down because the content is too controversial. So my options are, you know, wh- what is that? What is that message I get? The message I get from that is, don't be so controversial. But for me, that's to avoid the truth, and that's what they want, right? They're dangling this carrot, and I'm not grabbing it. And you know why? Because of you guys, because of all of the supporters. So like if, if if the if the Patreon dried up to nothing if the the VIP section was empty <laughs> if I looked around and there's no bottles on the tables at the VIP section and I I would be like okay I'm grabbing the carrot and here's your here's your uh, boring messaging that you could find on TV but that's not what we do here and that's because of you so I appreciate your support uh, if you want to join the team and you don't have to go tier two three four those are above and beyond folks. If you just want to do tier one and get rid of those ads and get some free books and all kinds of cool stuff, you know where to go. Link in the show notes. You can hit it up on uh, the shout outs are only available for the patreon.com slash Illuminati Watcher or the uh, Illuminati Watcher.com VIP section. Link in the show notes. Check them out. Thank you for support. I couldn't be prouder to tell you about the sponsor for the show. It is audible. I am a card carrying member. I use it all the time. I learn while I'm on the move. I also upload and narrate all of my books on there because it works so great. What's Audible, you ask? Well, they're the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers, new releases, celebrity memoirs, which I love. I got a bunch of those, by the way. Languages, business motivation. I got a bunch of those. And more like original entertainment. And guess what they got now? They got podcasts. They have a new plan and it is called Audible Plus. You get full access to the Plus Catalog. Thousands and thousands of select originals, audiobooks, podcasts, ad-free shows, series, all in one app. You can listen online, download for offline, anytime, anyplace. Get the Audible app. It's free. You can hop devices. That's why I love it. That's why it's so great. I got it on my iPhone. Then I switch it over to the MacBook laptop. Flawless transition. You get all your notes. It keeps your location. You don't lose your spot. They really figured it out. You can download titles. Uh, You can, you know, this is a way you can consume information, my friend. Maybe you want to get away from your family for a minute. A little escapism during the next lockdown. Maybe you're hitting the gym. Maybe you're hitting the CrossFit. Knock a book out while you're doing it. You know what I'm saying? I do it myself. Every time I'm driving, maybe you're sitting around the airport, you're uh, doing laundry, mowing the yard, picking up the doo doo, the dog doo doo. Strap on those headphones and and crush some audio books with Audible. Uh, I also, I another pro tip: you can adjust the speed. Blast through the books at one and a half speed, double speed. I myself, I've got a lot of my books on there, self narrated, like The Dark Path. But there's a lot of uh, other cool books, and I've got a massive library on my Audible catalog. Like I said, I wouldn't I wouldn't allow these people to be a sponsor if I didn't subscribe to it myself. Bob Lazar's Dreamland, that's a book I just finished, narrated by George Knapp. I mean, could you ask for more? George Knapp? Come on. These guys are legends. OGs. Oh, and that's how I use it. I use it to enrich my bank of knowledge for understanding what is going on in this crazy world of ours and you got to you got to connect the dots but you need the info to make it happen and also use use it for a ton of uh, self-help type stuff some stuff that I've listened to that really helped me the worry cure uh, Dr. Pasalka she was a guest on the show she her American cosmic book is on there Brené Brown is on there uh, Stephen King I mean Stephen King books are great Salem's Lot it the Stand I got all of them William Burroughs Naked Lunch if you want to get weird and you can get all my audiobooks on there. Use Your Illusion 1. My first alien book is on there right now. It's hot. You can check it out now while also supporting the show. You're going to love this URL I've got for you. It's audible.com slash Illuminati. Audible.com Illuminati. The links will be in the show notes, as always. Hit the links. Enjoy some audiobooks. Support the show. Audible.com Illuminati. Or you can text Illuminati to 500-Illuminati. 500 to start your free 30-day trial. So, uh, what are we talking about here? Oh, yeah. So, um, oh, yeah. And then another thing why I say this could be engineered. Look at how they sold this idea of tiny homes to the to the young folks. They had shows for days about, we're going to spend 60 grand on a tiny home where you can barely... You know, look, I'll, I'll, I'll sit on the toilet and, and look, I can make dinner at the same time because it's right next to me and, you know, oh, well, we're mobile. And it's like, well, those tiny houses aren't really that mobile, first off. You still got to, like, drive it somewhere carefully and park it somewhere on a plot of land. It's basically worse than a trailer. You just aren't living in a trailer. It's going to depreciate. But they're convincing everyone, oh, you want to live your life, spend your money traveling around and stuff. Because they want to keep you broke. And I'm not saying that's wrong. You know, it's not all about owning things to live a good life. Like there's merit to that, to having a low uh, monthly housing payment. I get it. I just think that they're trying to over, because I'm from like, uh, what do you call it? like a Gen X generation, and like that was just baked in. It was like, no, you you have to buy a house. You have to do this. But they're trying to like convince the younger generation, like, no, you don't. And in some ways, they're right in the sense that, yeah, you don't want to be strapped down with a mortgage, and now you can't afford to do anything fun for five years, like Isaac told you to do, because that sucks for those five years. But then after that, when you start catching up, and you're like, okay, that's cool. I'm there now. And I guess that's just what do you prefer, right? Like, there's been times where I've thought, God, I think I'd rather rent. And that's usually when, like, you get hit with a $10,000 repair. Oh, did you, did your uh, retaining wall, your fence fall over? That'll be $15,000. Hope you had that in your savings. You know, like, you get hit with that when you're a homeowner. When you're renting, you don't got to deal with it. When you're renting, you have to deal with neighbors and landlords. And the price keeps going up every month. So, I mean, it depends on what you're more interested in dealing with, right? Anyway, uh, let's see here. So this this same website, Wall Street Journal, talking about limited housing supply, low rates, a global reach for yield. That's, that's fancy speak for the Chinese investors. And what we're calling the institutionalization of real estate investors has set the stage for another speculative investor-driven home price bubble. So they're laying the seeds that the price is increasing too fast on homes, and there's going to be another bubble. Uh, but then it kind of goes through some, you know, stuff talking about how maybe not. Um, it says banks made it harder for regular home buyers to get a mortgage. Millions of Americans were underwater. You're talking about post 2008, right? After the housing crash thing, the first bubble. The banks made it harder for regular homebuyers to get a mortgage. Millions of Americans were underwater, owing more on their mortgages than their homes were worth and unable to move. Home rental firms, including invitation homes and American Homes for rent thrived. Renting suburban homes proved so profitable that landlords hit the open market and added properties at a full price once foreclosures dried up. Many are building houses explicitly to rent. They're widening the gap of the haves and the haves nots okay? It says the coronavirus pandemic sparked a race for home, office space, and yards. Occupancy rates reached records, and rents are rising with home prices. It goes through a bunch of smart stuff. Uh, More than 200 companies and investment firms in the house hunt, computer-assisted flipper open-door technologies, Money managers, including J.P. Morgan and BlackRock, there it is—the old BlackRock. Now let's go into the BlackRock thing because on that, on that, on uh, Gordo's those conspiracy guys' Twitter, it linked into someone named Cultural Husbandry that did a whole thread on this, and they're saying that BlackRock is a leading arm of the Great Reset. And they want to basically redistribute wealth, $120 trillion. And there was an article on oilprice.com titled, The Great Reset, BlackRock Fueling a $120 trillion, $120 trillion Transformation on Wall Street. I'm going to read you from it, because why not? Big money is turning its back on companies that aren't conforming to one simple idea sustainability. And it's fueling one of the biggest transfers of capital the world has ever seen. In fact, within a year, 77% of institutional investors will stop buying into companies that aren't in some way sustainable. And the new king of Wall Street is taking the charge. BlackRock, with over $7 trillion in assets under management, says its clients will double their ESG investments in just five years. Money managers on the street are saying climate change is their top concern and a leading criteria where when determining where they put their money to work uh long story short there could be up to 120 trillion dollars up for grabs and they're suggesting that the future of investments will account for sustainability which i would argue will further drive down the price of bitcoin because Bitcoin has these mining rigs and it require a lot of electricity to mine the bitcoins. What do I know? Uh there's some more eco friendly cryptos out there. I'm not sure which ones they are. It might be Ripple, is that the other one? I don't know. Look into it. <laughs> Look into it. Um cryptos is like cryptos is like flat earth like you got to really love it and you got to be obsessed with it and that's all you eat and breathe but i mean there's 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 some truth to the cryptos like that's definitely uh everyone's interested in it so it's worth knowing what's going on but who's blackrock we're still talking about blackrock who are they well let's go to the wikipedia it says it's the world's largest asset manager And in 2020, in an open letter by CEO Fink, his (laughs) name's Rat Fink, they said that environmental sustainability is a core goal for future investments. Federal Reserve chose them to manage some bond buying programs. Then in August 2020, they became the first to get consent from China to operate a mutual fund in their country. So you can see how BlackRock ties into the Chinese buyers and the real estate market uh what's curious they were the largest investors in fossil fuels at one time and like the sierra club used to give them grief for it but now apparently they're changing their tune Uh, they are also a major investor in military weapon systems which uh you know the aliens are gonna put more money into that oh let's talk about the symbolism right black rock sounds like a black monolith and curious enough, their first electronic system that they used was called Aladdin, which ties into the the history of the Illuminati with the assassins. Ran by the Aladdin guy. But sticking to the cultural husbandry's argument here, they're saying that the properties are all becoming single-family rentals. Which, again, the bane of my existence. But more importantly... Uh, in the long term this is a big problem because property has been the path to upward mobility in class which is what I was telling you earlier right that's kind of what I think too Um, so now the pathway to upward mobility through housing is almost not possible it's been further tightened like, there's already been a squeeze in the middle class, a squeeze on the disparity between the haves and the have-nots, and this is making it, uh, it's exacerbating it. And their argument is that they're using Federal Reserve funding to do this, too, through the BlackRock uh, Financial Institute. So that's the kicker. They're using your tax dollars to slice your throat. And I'm too stupid to know if, if all that's true. You get into all, these, all this money talk, and I get, I'm not good with money. Not my thing. In the long term, uh, they want you to be a renter to this massive investment conglomerate thing, BlackRock. You'll never get a relief from monthly bills. You're always going to have that monthly rental coming out. Which opens up the door to universal basic income. Which they're kind of doing now. When they were doing the pandemic... Bonus little uh, monies for uh, unemployment. And now they're, you know, now they got the uh, communist welfare for people with kids. They get a monthly little check. They're trying to warm you up to like, look, here's a monthly UBI. And there's and I've heard good arguments for UBI. So, I mean, I don't know. Again, yeah. I don't know anything about the, the, the market. All I know is what I read from old Santa Claus. Now, some would argue that these market forces will limit this eventually. Because, like, they're like, well, look, we can't keep selling houses at 150% of their value. Investors won't even buy that. Really? Uh, You don't think the corporations tied into the World Economic Forum, the richest corporations in the world, don't have the funding to bankroll this? Hmm. Interesting. Interesting angle. Because I believe they do. I believe there's a great work, a great reset, and uh, they'll front the money to know that down the road, they will have us. Full power, full control. Because that's what they want. We can't be trusted and make the right decisions. Uh, Let's see. What else do I got for you? Another Wall Street Journal article. uh, Real estate investors have a mountain of money looking for a home. Lately, a lot of it is ending up in suburban single-family houses. And it talks about Invitation Homes, the country's largest rental owner, disclosed a joint venture with Rock Point Group, uh, resulting in a billion dollars for the landlord's ongoing house hunt. Uh, basically, they're snapping up houses to rent out. Uh, let's see. It's the latest example of cash flowing from large money managers to single-family rental companies. So you've got all these articles, basically, you know, that we've already talked about it. Now, invitation homes—they either were owned by BlackRock or they still are. Uh, and, and here's the here's the, the the kick in the teeth. The millennials are going to eat this the hardest. They're going to eat it the hardest. So that's, either, that's why for years they've been telling you, "Oh, you just need to build yourself a little tiny home." And uh, in fact, here's one coming now. It's a it's a cardboard box for your refrigerator. You can just put a little shelf in there. And uh, look, now you're living outside. It's real beautiful. You know, you get a gym membership, you just shower at the gym. <laughs> right? That's what they're trying to tell these these uh, young folks. Uh, let's see here. And, and to further prove that, it says it right in the Wall Street Journal article. It says, rental firms have a business model that has held up during the pandemic. They forecast millions of high-earning but debt-burdened millennials... Forming families and heading for the suburbs. They're getting targeted. These millennials. Uh, it says there's a shortage of home available, which you already know. Then uh, that cultural husbandry. They linked to several articles talking about how Wall Street will be the new landlord, and this will happen. You know, reading through the li- between the lines via Invitation Homes and BlackRock. And I actually talked to a realtor. I talked to my, my guy, and what he told i said what's been going on man and he said he's been telling people like because the housing market is so crazy and you got to go so far above the appraisal value of the home and like people don't have money for that he says he's telling everyone like look you just have to buy a new home and you have to wait the full year it takes for them to build this thing because at least you're locked into the price So where where are we at with this, right? Is this just American capitalism run wild? And uh, they they want you to think about, well, how do we solve this? Perhaps a non-capitalist approach, communism, oh my God. Is it designed to make us embrace communism? Designed to embrace the universal basic income? Designed to embrace uh, coffin apartments of the future, and I was wondering all these things, and then, here comes Bloomberg. Bloomberg.com whole article called America Should Become a Nation of Renters. It says, rising real estate prices are stoking fears that home ownership, long considered a core component of the American dream, is slipping out of reach for low and moderate income Americans. That may be so, but a nation of renters is not something to fear. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Can you believe the balls on these people? They proceeded to talk about how the housing used to be a good investment vehicle for moderate-income families who can't afford to put their money in stocks. And, and, you know, because, like, the housing market, houses would grow in value through good or bad economy. It would grow, you know, X amount. Until the big subprime mortgage thing, which they blamed on the consumers, when really it was the Wall Street investment types with their derivative tradings, these Illuminati lizard people. And, uh, well, let's see here. I'll just read to you. You don't need my conjecture on it. In the early 21st century, automated appraisals and mortgage underwriting began to change that. Combined with the repackaging of subprime loans into presumably safer CDOs, they created a far more liquid market for housing. In response, housing prices soared and became more sensitive to the vagaries of the market. When investors pulled out of CDOs, the buyer financing dried up and the whole market crashed and then they and then they go on they're, they're trying to sell you on oh renting is such a good thing it'll give you more freedom more freedom just like a tiny home getting your little cardboard box look how free you are right now <laughs> and it says in an economy with more rentals however they could afford to try a new place for a few years without the commitment of a mortgage or down payment. A nation of renters could lead to a world where location decisions are driven far more by personal preferences and life cycle demands. Younger workers might prefer the excitement of the city. A couple just starting a family could reunite with their parents or siblings in a small town. So look at all these. Look at all. You have the freedom to move around. Okay. I mean, maybe, right? I mean, if you're not going to live in a home for five years, it's probably not worth your time. So, like, in some ways, I don't disagree with that. Then, we're almost done here. We're almost done. I just, the articles keep falling. I can't, that's why it took me so long to create this show, because I just kept reading more articles. On July 6th, 2021, Newsweek's got a whole article about uh how fast the cost, it says, the apartment rent, housing costs, soar average U.S. rental price surpasses. Oh, that's a choppy title. It's not right. You know what I'm saying, though. (laughs) It says the rent squeeze is expected to hit low and middle income renters the hardest and to exacerbate the country's ever widening wealth gap between homeowners and those living in apartments or on leases. Tells you right there in black and white. So all these articles are saying the same thing over and over. Big money financial people are buying up homes and squeezing out low and middle income renters. And they want you to accept it and just be okay with it. Let's read. Um, let's read from Klaus Schwab, though, because we're here to talk about the Great Reset, right? How does this link into the Great Reset? I'm gonna read to you from the the Vid nineteen, the Great Reset book. I just gotta zoom in so my old eyeballs can read it. it says here, this is made all the more significant by the fact. That the younger generation is likely to be more radical than the older one in refashioning our social contract. The pandemic has upended their lives, and a whole generation across the globe will be defined by economic and often social insecurity, with millions due to enter the workforce in the midst of a profound recession. They will bear these scars forever. Also, starting off in a deficit, many students have educational debts, is likely to have long-term effects already the millennials are worse off than their parents in terms of earnings, assets and wealth. They're less likely to own a home or have children than their parents were. Now another generation, Gen Z, is entering a system that it sees as failing and that will be beset by long-standing problems revealed. So again, they're aware of this. The the, the oligarchy that is the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab the thousand richest corporations the ones buying up all these homes they know it now Klaus Schwab writes the book like oh real like you could, I guess like the idea is like it's real sympathetic to it but like that's not the truth if you're real sympathetic you should tell the thousand richest corporations that are in your World Economic Forum like hey dickheads quit buying houses these younger generations are getting screwed but that's the plan. That's the, cons- the conspiracy, which I, I believe this one. They're aware of this issue, and they're nefariously exploiting it. And previous to that book, in The Fourth Industrial Revolution, he says this, and I quote, Blockchain technology can be applied for public land registration, enabling millions of people around the world to have formal ownership over their land which in turn can be used as collateral and thereby allow them access to financial markets. The use of virtual and augmented reality could dramatically improve educational outcomes by allowing us to develop. Now he's clearly aware of the possibilities of tying in the blockchain to land ownership. So it's possible. I would argue they're making chess moves here to ensure the masses can't get out of debt ever, ever. It's like the subscription service thing, right? They Everyone's uh, like, you know, I wanted to buy this like seltzer water, but I got to subscribe to it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Uh, There's some t-shirts online. You got to subscribe to it. I don't want to buy a shirt every month, bro. They want you used to this idea of, of cyclical, never-ending debts coming in. Universal basic income to take care of all the debt of your rental fees and such, which is kind of like how music goes, right? Like you, like I pay for uh, Amazon music. I could just buy all the albums that I'm always listening to, but like, I don't want to do that because I like to mix it up. So like, in some ways I'm supporting this idea of just like monthly rotating. So long as my income exceeds my outgo out outgoing. And uh, finally, I will read to you from the World Economic Forum's 2013 GAC Values document. 2013. Eight years ago. Okay. Quote, In most advanced countries, the ratios of chief executive officer pay to the pay of the average worker in their company has risen astronomically over the last 30 years. And inequality has grown rapidly in many countries around the world, often fueled by corruption and excessive greed. The stability conversation that is also taking place is about the dangerous and growing conflicts over the resources of food, water, land, and energy because of both scarcity and maldistribution. They knew it. They knew it. Maldistribution means dickhead financial investment companies buying up all the land. The resources of food, water, land, and energy right there, black and white. They're they're coming at it from both angles. They are are scaring people while they're buying up all the resources. They're aware of the issue. And what kills me is they present it in public as, as if they're like the wokest and they want to help. But th- again, this is the thousand richest corporations and they got us into this mess. The, the CEOs are talking about uh, with their pay going through the roof while... Uh, The lower class doesn't get a pay increase at all. Like, that's them. That's you guys. The same ones buying up all the housing? Screwing with the middle class? They have the balls to pretend like they're here to help. And they are very aware of this middle class squeeze. And I believe the Great Reset is to squeeze it even harder. They're going to grab a hold of that thing and squeeze it. I, and I don't know what to tell you this is uh this is just what I'm reading you know take uh take it for what it's worth and and uh I don't know apply that to your life in whatever way it benefits you. Try to understand what's going on and I could be wrong, right I could be totally wrong, I don't think I am I think if you look at they're almost they're they're telling the masses this stuff, but like no one's listening no one cares they really don't you could have this conversation with people at your home or in your life or whatever and like i, I would argue they'd just be like oh that sucks and i don't know what the right answer is like maybe that is the right <laughs> maybe that's the right response i don't know that sucks because i don't know what are you gonna do? lose sleep over it uh so i don't know what's the takeaway don't buy a tiny home i guess i don't know going to debt to buy a house i don't know what the answer is but one thing I do know, I appreciate your support. <laughs> I appreciate you listening to the show. So thank you. For all the people that are listening to the great reset shows, I appreciate you. Uh, this is the sixth one. Again, if you want if you want the um, episodes two and three, I put those on the bonus supporter-only feed. So if you sign up for patreon.com slash Watcher, or you go to rockfin.com slash creator slash Isaac or you get in the VIP section, IlluminatiWatcher.com uh, you can you can access those bonus episodes. Uh, but episodes 1, 4, and 5 are on the free feed. All you gotta do is go back uh, starting in December 2020. And uh, you can check them out for yourself. It's a very interesting interesting uh, development, I should say. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for keeping it in mind. And until next time, stay woke.